welcome to the Jurassic Park 3 Minute, where we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And today we'll be discussing Minute 15 of Jurassic Park 3. Thanksgiving here in the States. Oh, is it? Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. It's time you did some explaining, Mr. Kirby. Hello, Jurassic Minutes listeners. Brad here. Do you like the Jurassic franchise? Of course you do. You listen to this podcast and most likely the other Jurassic-themed podcasts out there. If you're not, go and do it right now. But do you also like mysteries and mysteries pertaining to the Jurassic franchise? Well, David and I have teamed up to produce a special Patreon-only show deep into some of those mysteries. What did kill the men on the parasailing boat in Jurassic Park 3? What is the real story behind the five deaths? And did a hurricane really hit Isla Nublar back in 1993 during the Jurassic Park incident? All these mysteries and more we tackle twice a month for your listening pleasure for as low as a dollar over at our Patreon page, Jurassic Minutes. Head over, check out the podcast, and let's go on the journey to solve some mysteries together. Dave, ready to get into it? Sure. As we ended minute 14 of Jurassic Park 3, Paul Kirby had told Grant that they were going to charter a plane to fly him over Isla Sauna and that they wanted Grant to be their guide. As we open on minute 15, Amanda Kirby continues, Well, you see, that's the interesting part. We have permission to fly low. Billy asks how low, and Paul replies, Well, I'm no aviation expert, but a hell of a heck lower than anyone else, I can tell you. At the 32nd mark, Paul tells Grant that they'd love to make a contribution to their research here, and reaches into his jacket to pull out his checkbook. Paul continues, So, I could write all kinds of numbers on this check, Dr. Grant. Tell me, what's it going to take? At the 49 second mark, after Grant thinks for a long moment, we cut to a plane flying high over the ocean, but below the clouds. At the 55 second mark, we cut to a shot beside the plane as it's flying through the fluffy white clouds above the ocean. And as the minute ends, we cut inside the plane to see Billy going through some camera equipment. As we ended minute 14, Amanda was trying to persuade Grant one more time starting with, uh, well you see that's the interesting part, and in this minute it continues with, we have permission to fly low and Billy sort of asks, how low? And the two shrug and look at each other before Paul continues, well, I'm no aviation expert, but a heck of a lot lower than anyone else, I can tell you, which isn't really a, <laughs> a they've, they've sort of been told they can fly low without, um, without knowing exactly how low they can fly. Mm-hmm. Well, that would also imply that they are allowed to go into the island itself, which mm. we know the UN is monitoring, and they're just kind of flying playing around the island, circling it, making sure there's a perimeter, but I don't know that they're actually on, like, flying directly over the island itself. Mm. Yeah, because Amanda sort of takes over and says, from what I understand, it's pretty much whatever we want, which mm-hmm. sort of... If it's whatever you want, then surely... The question should be asked. Oh, they should mention that. Um, well, I suppose if they said they'll they'll planning on landing, I think that would be Grant would definitely not go then. Oh no! At he, least he would, <laughs> he would have adamantly fought them. He is not landing on that island. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of it's sort of bad enough just to go and fly over it. And Grant scoffs at the comment and says it's hard. To, that's hard to believe. And Paul explains, uh, look. You see, through my business dealings, import, export, merging markets, I've made a lot of friends in high places, and in this case, the Costa Rican government. So we know that sort of 
the rich white man can go into some of these smaller countries and pay, <laughs> bribe, whatever whatever you want to call it, to uh, to get things done their way. Which obviously I, that was a lie though too because he later says he tried the State Department and uh, the U.S. government and the Costa Rican government. Nobody would help him. Mm. So they were all on their own on this. Yeah, that then we'll get to that when they um they try and radio the airplane as it's approaching on. Like if they had permission, they'd clearly say that it's still their registration number and we have permission. But Amanda tries one more time, one more tactic. Doctor Grant, you have no idea how important it is to us that you come along. It'd make all the difference. And so her just pleading more as a mother here and not as a um adventurer, just needing Grant to come along to help on the island. And Alan's looking for another way to say no. <laughs> he says, Mrs. Kirby. <laughs> um, but trails off, and Paul continues. And, of course, we'd love to make a contribution to your research here. And he reaches into his top pocket and removes the checkbook. And then he continues, so I can write all types of numbers on this check, Dr. Grant. Tell me, what's it going to take? <laughs> uh, and that's sort of one thing we'll discuss in the last minute as well, sort of. Um, how much would it take in 2001, considering in 1993 Hammond was paying them 80000 a year? Mm-hmm. And that was, wasn't even... That was before he said that he was going to fully fund them. So they were getting 80, 80 grand a year from Hammond and possibly money from other grants as well. So you're probably looking at maybe hundred grand a year to keep the dig site going. And if they're, if they're being... If they're as rich as they come across they are, then... Mm-hmm. Surely, maybe, maybe a million <laughs> you'd ask for. Mm-hmm. He's willing to pay a lot. I would have probably asked for more than a million. It doesn't stretch as far as he used to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just that they're they're sort of pleading with him, and if money's like Paul says, I can write all kinds of numbers on this check, which is pretty much a tell us your number, tell us your figure. Mm-hmm. As as it sort of says in the in the script, that's not here. It says um. Well, how much is it going to take to get you <laughs> to get you on board? So, it's a shame we never see him write down a number, yeah. <laughs> and we never we never get a mention later on when he realises he's not going to get paid that there are no numbers discussed there either. Just because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, I won't say anger, but more of um, disgust or what have you. I think from people looking for other reasons to hate the movie apart from the Tyrannosaur fight later on, just. How how Grant's a sellout and sort of taking taking the money here and to head back to the island where for the whole start of the film he's sort of been wanting to leave it behind, but just not realizing that how how much they need the money to keep the dig site running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even even the script of the novel we don't get any hint at the number either. No. But um, yeah, and so Alan's dumbfounded and he didn't think he'd expect to have to do this to get the Kirby's money with the whole the whole proposition and all that but uh, as we're sitting there on Grant's dumbfounded faces he's sort of trying to think of what to do we cut to an aeroplane flying high over the ocean and we get another shot of it through, flying through the clouds a little different from the approach to Nublar but we sort of get that um, that JP theme starting to come in here mm-hmm. and this aircraft a Beechcraft Super King tail numbers NC22 DC, which um, it's a fairly commonly used aircraft in a lot of films and TV, including Airwolf, Ice Road Truckers, and the A Team. <laughs> so, I, I think that's the um, the type of aircraft, not this specific aircraft and tail numbers, but it's um, 
they're a fairly there's a fairly common aircraft to see in the skies, so it's um, perfectly understandable how they would have um, been able to charter this from. I'm guessing from maybe Southern California. There's no. It's never sort of described as where they took off from, whether they flew to Costa Rica. That's true because I mean, I'd imagine that in the novels they always went down to Costa Rica and then somehow got onto the islands. Here, mm. they never make, uh, they never give any indication how they did it. Yeah, I'd like to think they probably went down to Costa Rica, but if they had the money for that, who knows? You know, they might have flew direct from California, like you said, just to make it look like they had more money, even though. You know, I you'd have to look up what it would cost. I think. Yeah, considering it's Nash and Cooper flying or in the pilot seats, you'd think maybe they they did take off from California because that's where sort of they were. Well, the filming location anyway was California, where they'll in the aeroplane graveyard early, and we know that sort of that Californian deserts where a lot of the graveyards are, that in Nevada. So mm-hmm. they'd have to be sort of on that side of the country anyway, and it's. It's always gone back, and it's always the issue of these films, and even, hell, even in Fallen Kingdom too, with the um, the recovery team in a helicopter <laughs> supposedly flying back to the mainland as well. Just mm-hmm. like we when we were talking about the SS Venture getting back to San Diego, how it looked like it was roughly around the three thousand miles between California and the rough area of ocean where the islands are. We had it in Lost World with Injun's helicopters seemingly flying in from California as well and then flying back out. It's just... In the film, the entire film franchise, yes, they do the whole subtitle of exactly how far offshore these islands are, but I think they want the islands to be a hell of a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Even even in Jurassic World with the ferry going back and forth, it's 120 miles from Costa Rica to Nublar. That's a hell of a long ferry ride mm-hmm. <laughs> to get get uh, visitors on the island so and it's funny because the original jurassic park had plans of using like boeing airplanes because they mm. had images of i think they had something like uh, american airlines or something uh flying over the island and uh i think it was also planned to have a landing strip at some point mm. yeah and that's that's always made the most sense if you want if you want to get people in and out the cost-effective way, instead of having connecting flights to Costa Rica, and I'd assume that they've got a decent-sized airport there. I don't think having all the tourists coming in just to get to Nublar is going to swamp the airport. But yeah. if you're if you've got planes coming from the UK, America, Australia, Japan, wherever, it'll, it makes sense for them to fly into Nublar, have a decent have a decent tarmac and. An airport there. You're only using a portion of the island for the park anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I never, um, I never actually checked how far the plane can go on a tank of gas, what its sort of flight range is. Mm. But I, I suspect they've they've got to sort of California or the uh, the west coast and char the plane there and then flown down to Costa Rica and then refueled and flown out to the island. It sort of makes the most sense. Yeah. But as the minute ends, we cut inside the plane and get a brief shot as um, Billy's checking his camera equipment. And we don't quite get the line from Grant in this minute. That's next minute. So that's uh, that's it there for minute 15. Over on the script and novel comparisons, quickly, uh, 
everything's the same pretty much in the script about uh, Paul saying he'd like to make a sizable donation to his research in the novel it's a little bit different we see Grant conflicted with the choice and as um, after he's sort of asked how many numbers it's going to take he sort of thinks to himself how could it come down to a choice like this he had vowed never to return to the area but if he didn't then his dig would end before he proved his theories he was close to so close to showing why paleontologists were still needed even in this new world of living dinosaurs I'm out of money Alan realises and out of options so it just sort of has a little bit more backstory about why or how he'd come to make a decision of going and he wasn't just seeing dollar signs mm-hmm. he had he still had theories, theories to prove and still need funding for his research so I, and I wonder too sort of just him, him wanting to show why paleontologists were still needed I wonder I wonder if at the time there would have been sort of paleontologists pulling out of dig sites and that because knowing that in the future surely someone would have to be led on the island to study real animals and just okay well we can go around and keep on doing the funding and looking for uh, for fossils in the rock and bone or we can actually sort of petition and get um, the UN or Costa Rica to let us on the island and study the real thing mm-hmm. again it's just not enough of the real world that we see in the film or in the films yeah. but then again in the uh, novel as we cut to the plane heading over sauna um, it's a new chapter as the novel as it begins in the novel Grant tried and failed to get comfortable in his cramped seat the Kirby's had chartered the Beechcraft turboprop um, as we know from the film and um, the small plane's now cruising along through clear blue skies across from him Billy's cleaning some camera lenses then puts him away in a sad looking case which will get the, the his lucky pack <laughs> his lucky bag brought up in the next minute but um, that's it for minute 15 and if else Dave you want to bring it up before we get heavy for the week yeah I think we did pretty well on that alright if you want to get a hold of us you can email us at lostworldminute.com the main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven. Get me on that island. You desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the it's the dinosaur there! Okay.